Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a conversation about faith, music, and culture. Join Shine.fm's ministry director, Brian McIntyre-Utter, and his son, Jake, around the table for this week's chat. Welcome to The Kitchen Table. My name is Brian. And I'm Jake. And we are a father-son duo, and we do this program each and every week for you. The sole purpose is to encourage parents to have conversations with their kids about faith issues that help shape them into the people we want them to be and the people God wants them to be. I mean, it's a little bit for us, too, but... Well, we continue faith conversations, which is great. Yeah, we started this program uh, last year because Jake was heading off to college, and I still wanted to have those faith conversations that we've uh, had over our lifetime, and so we decided to do it this way, to make it purposeful and maybe speak a little bit to you as well. Yeah. So uh, each week, well, this is the format of the show, we, we discuss a faith issue, we, some, something we find that we think is important to uh, discipleship, and maybe something that's happening, you know, that's current today, and that's sort of where we're going today with our topic. And then after discussing uh, that faith topic, we move into a thing we really love, which is music. Yeah, so we go into music matters, and I play a lot of instruments, dad is radio, mom works, and so I've just kind of been surrounded by music. We take a song of the week. and It could be a new song. I mean, it can be a new song. It could be an old song. For me, I don't have the access that you do to like the new songs that right, aren't even right. out yet. So I kind of do a song of the week and a song that's speaking to me that week. But then we do Oldie But Goldie, and that's where Dad brings back old music from his young adult career, young adult life. Because <laughs> that's what, always what he's done for me. So we do that, and then we move into Culture Shock. In Culture Shock, we basically look at something that's happening now in our culture. Maybe it could be a parenting thing or an issue that deals with teenagers, but just something that we think is important to talk about and to address on the program. And that sort of closes out the program. So this week, uh, we have a topic that is interesting, and the topic was inspired out of something that's happened recently in our culture. And everyone knows about it. Everyone's talking about it. And that is the admissions scandal with some of the celebrities and high people that are paying to get their kids into schools that they haven't deserved to get into or paying to have someone cheat on the tests so they get better scores. Just unbelievable. And uh, so what I want to talk about is really this cultural phenomenon in the United States of entitlement. We learned a couple things from this scandal. One, it's good to be rich, apparently. And two, parents really, really love their children and they will do anything for their children, sometimes to their own detriment. Crazy that someone paid $1.2 million to have their non-soccer playing daughter recruited to play soccer at Yale. We saw, of course, the Hollywood actress who paid $500,000 to have their daughters recruited to join the crew, the rowing crew at USC, even though they didn't participate in it, which is crazy. I mean, how much does the college education cost? They're paying more to get them in than it actually costs for the education, which makes no sense. And then another one was uh, someone paid uh, $50,000 for their child to be diagnosed with a fake learning disability. Now, if you have a child with a learning disability, that should just irate you. It does me. Uh, So that they could bribe the proctor to inflate the standardized test scores. That's some of the realities of that case. That makes me mad. It does, and it's and it's frustrating, and it really points out something. Our society thrives on this mentality that we are entitled to something. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about humility yeah. and why humility is an important part of the, of the walk with Jesus. Jesus exemplified what it means to live humbly, and he calls us to do that as well. From some of the things I've read, you know, we live in a society that likes to rationalize things. These are simply excuses we give ourselves to not live up to our own moral standards. I thought it was interesting when I was reading about this that research shows, overwhelming research shows, that wealth and power corrode people's moral compasses. 
And I just could not believe that. You know, I, I guess I really didn't even think about that. And so I want to look at this topic of entitlement. So as a college student, I'm always broke. I don't know what wealth and power is. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to know, as, as you know, you did not attempt to go to a Ivy League school. No. Plain and simple. I really didn't want to. Okay, but you took ACT how many times? Three? Uh, I took it four times. Four times. Got a 21 each time. Yeah. Okay, so. Hey, I'd just like to say that's a, at least I'm steady. Yeah. You know? You're consistent. I'm consistent. Right. You studied more. You got the same score. You studied more. You, but how does it make you feel personally knowing that someone was out there, some parent was out there paying so that their child could score higher on this test, paying for someone else to fake their identity and take this test as their child? That happened. How do you feel about that? Of course, obviously, I don't like that. I think it's not fair because especially with like the standardized testing part of it, I am a terrible test taker. Mm-hmm. I mean, I obviously got a 21 each time. But the thing is, is college, I feel like, is more than just book smart. Absolutely. Because you, you learn more about yourself and your life, and especially at a Christian university where you learn about your spirituality and, like, what you believe. I mean, this is a big time in your life where you are, I mean, you're coming off of your parents, what, is it, what do you call it, your parents' tail or something like that? Of Riding the shirt tails. Yeah, of the shirt tail. I kind of get annoyed when people are paying for that. And I mean, I understand that. Well, I don't understand because I'm not a parent yet. But I can understand, like, you want your your child to be in the best school. I mean, USC is a great school. But what what is that teaching your child about that you're they're just going to get everything? You're going to give them everything that they want? Well, if you've grown up that way. I, exactly. And I'm just saying, like, you're trying to give them the best education, but you're not giving them the best moral education. Right. Absolutely should be patterned by a parent. You yeah. know, your moral code is taught by parents more than anything. And it should be a big part if you're not in the church. The church teaches that as well. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table. We're a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture. So we're talking about the, uh, the danger of entitlement and how it impacts our walk with Christ. We live in a culture that says we are entitled to something because we have the right to have it or we deserve it. Businesses will advertise products to us using that same message. That message is ingrained in every part of our culture and it's absorbed in virtually every fabric of our society today. And if we're not safe, it will eat away at our personal life, our church life, and our relationship with the Lord. Think about it. McDonald's, advertising. You deserve a break today. That was a big advertisement they did for, for many years. You deserve a break today. They had a little jingle. They sung it. It was ingrained into our mentality. Don't you deserve some kind of break today? Kit Kat, give me a break. Yeah. Take me off a piece of that Kit Kat. Oh, help us. But what they're doing is they're connecting entitlement to their product. Yeah. And they're getting away with it. Many people leave faith in Christ because God didn't work according to them. They thought they deserved something, and God didn't provide that something, and that's why they have walked away from the faith. And that's the thing. We're not even entitled to the love of Christ. We are sinners. We are broken. We do not deserve it. But yet he gives it. He offers it to us. If you sit down and logistically think about that, you can't understand it. No one can. And that's the thing. I think it scares people away. We are very controlling people. We want physical things. We see and we... We get it. And so when it comes to God, it's just confusing. Well, the reason that God didn't work in a life is probably because God was never made Lord of that life. 
All right? He was just a means to get what they feel they were entitled to. Remember this. God owes us nothing. We owe him. God owes us nothing. God is not entitled, obligated, or in any way regulated to give us anything. He is God. He gives because he wants to, not because he has to. Romans 1.21 says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became fruitile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. This should grab our attention, talking about entitlement. When we become ungrateful and cease to give honor to God, our thinking becomes fruitile and our hearts have grown dark. Entitlement also stills us from the rest that we need. Entitlement is the belief that we inherently deserve privileges or special treatments of some kind, that we have the right to something. It shows no partiality. It will reach for life's greatest gifts and claim its smallest pleasures. When it comes to the big part of life, we can find ourselves thinking along these lines. I deserve to have children, so why am I struggling in infertility? I'm tired of being single. I've remained pure and sought Christ, so why hasn't he brought a spouse into my life? I'm such a hard worker. I don't understand why I still can't manage to find a high-paying job. But entitlement can also touch smaller things in life. I'm a good homemaker. I work hard to keep the house clean and tidy. I deserve to have a nicer, bigger home. I work so hard to provide for my family. I deserve to watch TV when I come home. I've been good with my finances. I deserve to buy what I want for a change. When it comes to entitlement, this is the thing. We've we've sort of put on blinders because it's become such a part of our culture. We don't even realize it, that we have an attitude of entitlement. And I'm checking myself, honestly. Certain things we can do. Diagnose our heart. Letting go of entitlement is recognizing its presence within us. To get to that point, we have to ask ourselves questions that dig below the surface of our emotion. In what areas of my life am I discontent? Why am I feeling so disappointed right now? What do I think I need in order to live an abundant life? How am I comparing my life to someone else's life? You know, another part of the culture here in the United States. Now, I've lived in the developing world. I've seen the way people live around the world. And we are so focused on material possessions here. It is mind-boggling when you think about We rent storage facilities because we think we're entitled to stuff. It was interesting, uh, Don, who works at Shine.fm, recently went on a trip to Malawi to see a a center that Shine.fm listeners have helped build there to teach kids skills so that they have a less likely chance of being stolen and sold out in human trafficking. And uh, he said he went to this one guy's house, and this house was a brick house. No door, just an opening for a door. Openings for windows, no windows. Not a stick of furniture in this house. Outside the house was a solar panel that connected to an iPad. Hmm. Priorities. It's interesting. And we, we have stuff beyond stuff beyond stuff. So once you've evaluated your own heart and you've found that that entitlement is creeping in, lurking around you, we have to get outside of ourselves and remember God. Psalm 23, 1 says, David proclaims that the Lord is his shepherd and he shall not want. How was David able to say, I shall not want? Because he knew God intimately. If God is really good, then we have everything we need for life and godliness. We can rest content in what he chooses to give us and what he chooses to also withhold from us. We need to cling to the promise that God loves us. Even when you don't get what you want, what you desperately want, we can't save ourselves from these feelings of entitlement. We can't make our hearts better. God can. He will do so as we pour out our desires and our disappointments to him and hope in his promises. This is the thing I'm torn between because, we, yes, 
we live in a very entitled world and we are christian so we are to i shall not want exactly mm-hmm. but everything that we do is supposed to be for god but the thing is are we supposed to kind of like treat ourselves you know what i mean do you feel guilty when you treat yourself i mean like right now if i'm thinking of full and like just yeah right now i'd feel guilty buying like something that i want after discussing this after yeah like so right. how do we find that balance between of like there's kind of it's like a saying treat yourself like how do we treat yourself <laughs> but also be good christians right and i think that's just by the look of your face there's no definite answer <laughs> you're right there's not and it's tough because we're shoved into this united states culture mold that we've grown up in yeah. and Let's face it, we have, we've had generations before us, my grandparents, my parents, who had way less than what we had. I mean, when uh-huh. I was born, my parents were earning about $35 a week. They had a house provided because my dad was working for a farmer, and they could get all the eggs they want. They had very little. But as they got older and they started working harder and they were able to accumulate wealth and buy a house and you know and then our generation comes along and we're better off than the previous generation and then another generation comes along and they're better off than the previous generation it's so hard to figure it out yeah and you do you you feel guilty do i really need this or do i want this hmm. am i entitled to this i think there's a different attitude to it i am not entitled to this if god wants to bless you with something like a house if he wants to bless you with a house that's not necessarily entitlement. Yeah. It's all in your attitude and how you shape it. And it's all in your response as well. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table. We're a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture. Self-focus and self-indulgence lead to selfishness and narcissistic behavior. I am entitled to nothing, but I'm incredibly blessed. Look at it that way. Now, where I want to really take this is looking at what we can do as parents today to counteract this cultural of entitlement in our kids. Because let's face it, anything they watch on television is just throwing it at them. You're entitled to this. Society around them, you're entitled to this. I had my youngest son at the park today and we were playing and kids are, they're playing with their Nerf guns, right? And they're saying, oh, well, this is such and such brand. This is better than such and such brand. You know, they're just, they're nine years old and they're comparing Nerf gun brands because this is better than this and who's got what and who doesn't have what. It's all entitlement. So how can we take some steps to curb entitlement, this entitlement mentality with our kids? One, that we, we can teach our children how to converse. Don't allow your child to dominate a conversation. Conversation happens when all are participating. So an entitlement mentality says, oh, you dominate the, the conversation. The world revolves around you as the child. No, we have to teach them how to have conversations, talking and listening and exchanging roles, a give and take that's a part of that. The spotlight is not on the child all the time. The spotlight moves to different people in a conversation. Provide opportunities for delayed gratification. Avoid giving in to whatever they want in that moment. Mm. And that's so hard to do. And it's so hard to do when you have a child on the spectrum, right? Yeah. And you're at, at a you know, the grocery store, department store, whatever, and I want, I want, I want, you know, they're grabbing everything in sight. Allow for opportunities to build a child's work ethic. Let them persevere through a tough assignment or work for a desired item. And that's what we've done. We have a point system in play. And so our youngest son is able to earn points. And then with points, he has a list of things that he can buy. 
and make sure that it's that whatever they're able to buy is worth it. For him, it's like a thousand points to get a bicycle. It's like 25,000 points if he wants a gaming system. One, I don't want him to have a gaming system. I'm going to set that number high. But he has to earn those. That's delayed gratification. By, by you doing the daily chores, you earn these points and then you're able to purchase these things. You want to evaluate your family's values. Examine how you talk. Notice what captures your interest. Don't focus on power or popularity, on looks, on prestige, on position or possessions. Consider encouraging desirable characteristics over accomplishment or appearance. Take it a step further. Challenge yourself. Write a list of qualities you hope will describe your child. Line that list up against the type of conversation you have with your friends or your spouse. And if the topics don't reflect the things that you really value as a parent, make every effort to be, again, noticing and talking about qualities that you really care about. So look at your own family values. Train your kids to clean up after themselves. Man, this is huge. Yeah, it's easier to clean up after them. You just do it quickly. No, let them do it. Yeah, they're not going to get it perfect like you want it, but let them do it. Entitled people casually drop litter and carelessly leave garbage for others to collect. Drives me crazy. Long gone is the day from my generation with the Indian with the tear coming down his cheek. That picture is lost. Mm. Train your kids to bust their own dishes. Pick up their toys. Pitch in as part of the family by lending a hand. Learning to be respectful of the property and people, that makes a good person, makes a good citizen. At Christmas time, don't focus on the gift. Focus on the giver, the person giving that gift. Because guess what? Kids are going to be disappointed. Oh, they didn't get what they want. Oh, this isn't, isn't exactly what I wanted. Or I wanted this other toy. If they're younger, they're just playing with the box anyway. They're not playing with the toy. Yeah. Concentrate on grandma, who's probably on fixed income, spending the money to purchase that gift out of her love. That's what you need to focus on. Mm. Another thing you need to do is encourage ownership. Entitled children are passive. They blame others when things don't go their way. Ownership and responsibility cures that. Let their homework, their grades, the results of the test be the child's not paying someone else to take the SAT so you get a better score to get you in a better university. Parental support, encouragement, and availability are critical when a child is struggling. I understand that. Avoid the urge to fix or rescue. What's the greatest advice that a parent can give a child, Jake? I give it to you all the time. Three simple words. The best advice. Best advice a parent can give a child, a teenager. I say this all the time. As soon as I say it, you're going to know it. Do it yourself. Figure it out. Oh, okay. That, yeah, same thing. Do it yourself. Same thing. Yeah. Right. Avoid the urge to fix. Personal responsibility and motivation are the goals we want to instill in our children. Define the difference between wants and needs mm. because kids don't understand that. Model and practice consideration. Life's going to give us lots of moments to practice consideration. Giving up a seat on public transportation for an elderly person. Allowing a shopper that only has two items to go ahead of you in line. Opening the door for somebody. Walking with rather than walking ahead of a friend. Consideration. Model these types of acts for your children. Finally, understand we are all equal at the foot of the cross. Entitled people believe they are more special and more deserving than anyone else without realizing it. Have you ever heard the expression, that person's going to have a bigger mansion in heaven? Yeah. because of all the good they do. That's an entitlement mentality. That is. Do you think Jesus really cares about the size of the house? That's why I'm against this whole streets of gold thing. It's heaven. We don't need streets of gold. We yeah. are with God at that point. We are worshiping. We could care less what the streets are made of. That's an entitlement mentality. Without realizing it, we add fuel to the fire by saying things like, you deserve to get that part. 
that person doesn't deserve you. You deserve to be waited on. You deserve this treatment. At the foot of the cross, we are worthy because God created each of us on purpose, and Jesus shows us our value. We are all worth dying for. Philippians 2, 1 through 4, I'll close with this part. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value yourselves above others, not looking to your own interest, but to each of you, to the interests of the others. That is the opposite of entitlement. I'm in a ministry team for all of that. Last night we had a, our, our last family meeting. Mm-hmm. And so family meeting is kind of our time to come together because ministry team is our church. Uh, We're traveling to different churches every week, so we really don't have a church home. So our band and our family is our church, and I love that. Last night, the spiritual leader of men teams is Brendan Moorhead, and he was talking about how we are welcome to the table, even though we are broken and sinners. And so I thought that just tied in really well with that. That wraps up Faith Conversation for today. It's time now to move into a segment we call Music Matters. So, music matters. What we do here is uh, I share a song that I like, something newer, something I've found. Usually, typically, it is a newer song. And then, of course, Jake shares one that he has that he's been ministered to during the week. And then we go back in time for that oldie but goldie. And we're going to go back to 1988 this week. There you go. My song this week, uh, again, kind of goes along with our conversation of entitlement. And again, it was kind of a hard thing because we're pointing the fingers at ourselves. Torin Wells, you know him, Hills and Valleys, great singer. He has a song out that uh, really, if you're struggling, if you feel guilty now that we've talked about this, uh, because you realize that, man, I do struggle with entitlement. God is not done with us. We are a work in progress. We have value because Jesus gives us our value. But this is a new song from Torin called God's Not Done With You. He always does good music. I like it. I remember when he was in Royal Taylor. Right. Back in the old days. Back in the old days. It's like, what, three years ago? Four years ago? I don't know. <laughs> it's a while ago. Okay. All right. So my song for the week, it's a band that I've actually never heard of, but my friend showed me this, Kaylee Rahill. Here's your shout out. She loves this song, and she showed it to me. Uh, it's called Lean Back. Uh, it's by Capital City Music with Dion, Dion, Dion. Davis, Dion Davis. Oh my word, this song is so good. The chorus is, I will lean back in your loving arms. And it's a song about putting your trust in God. Right now, I'm kind of in this stage of just like, I want to take things into control and just not leaning back into God's loving arms. And so this was a good reminder for me this week. So here's a little bit of Lean Back. I'm going to have to check out that group. I like that. That's good stuff. Yeah. All right. So now we go back in time. It's our Oldie But Goldie. So Oldie But Goldie, you're going back to 1988. This is the number 19 song from that year by a guy named Mark Farner. You don't know that name? Nope. Mark Farner, for those my age, might know the uh, band Grand Funk Railroad, which was a uh, band from the 70s, mainstream band. Mm. Yeah. 
You wouldn't know that either. Nope. Uh, Mark is from that band, Believer in Christ, put out some Christian music, and so he has a song called Isn't It Amazing? It's number 19 song from 1988. Here is Mark Farnham. I just want to know how they got that name. Grand that Funk Railroad? Grand Funk Railroad. I don't know. They didn't have like a band name generator like they do nowadays. That's how Social Club Misfits got their name. They had a hip-hop band generator. You're joking. I'm not joking. They told That's me funny. that. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> huh. So, well, that wraps up Music Matters. Time now to move into Culture Shock. We're running a little long on time for this discussion, but uh, we wanted to get into culture shock. Uh, I saw this this week. I thought, man, we need to talk about this because this is a scary thing happening in, in our society and culture. Juuling. Do you know what juuling is? I didn't know what that was. I've never I, seen it before. I mean, I know what it is. I just don't know, like, a lot about it. Okay, juuling is basically vaping, which is smoking yeah. without cigarettes. It's water vapor. Yeah. Juuling is... It's like a little stick. It's an e-cigarette, but it literally looks like a little longer flash drive, and it's actually easy to hide. It is. And it doesn't, and you can actually plug them in and charge them yeah. in a computer. Well, there's problems going on because now more than 3 million middle and high school students in the U.S. use these things. I said middle school. Yes, I did. Middle school are using these things yeah. known as vaping. And it's a no big deal kind of thing. They say, oh, it's no big deal. Well, here's the problem. This uh, juice that's in there, uh, when it's heated, turns into that aerosol, they inhale it into their lungs. The problem is that each one of these cartridges contains just as much nicotine as 200 puffs on a cigarette, and it's highly addictive. So you're thinking, oh, well, that's no big deal because it's not cancer-causing and it's not damaging my lungs, it's just water vapor, and they do all these flavors. They've got, like, mango, yeah. and, you know, so it, it appeals to people because of the flavors, and it's appealing to kids. Now, Kids, mind you, can't buy these, but they're still getting them. So I just wanted to bring this up as parents because it's important to know this. Uh, you can get addicted to these things. Bill Blatt, who's the director of tobacco programs at the American Lug Association, says, like smoking a regular cigarette, it gets teens' lungs and bloodstream, and it keeps them coming back for more. And because the smoke isn't as noticeable as regular cigarettes, they can, you know, take a puff on this thing and put it back in your pocket, even without the teacher seeing it. Yeah. Forget about running to the restroom. They can actually do it right in class, they say. So the FDA recently has banned the sale of e-cigarettes to minors, so these jewel pods and other vaping devices can't legally be sold to them, but they're still finding ways to get them. How do we have a conversation with especially middle schoolers, teenagers, high schoolers about this? Here's some steps. One, don't lecture them. Yeah. Just saying, don't do it, it's bad for you, doesn't help. Lecturing about its harmfulness will only compel them to keep it a secret from you be open to the conversation. Now, not every teen is going to be tempted by this. We understand that. But it's worth having a conversation with your teenager, if you suspect it or not. Mm. Try to understand why your teenager is doing this. Simple peer pressure. Maybe they're being bullied. Who knows? Get to the bottom of any substance use. you got to ask yourself, what is impacting my teen's yeah. self-esteem negatively that they need to turn to this? So once you understand your teen might be drawn to this, then you can address their vulnerability and build a counterbalance to this, a counterargument to it. Um, another thing you need to do, and finally, get help outside. If your teen has developed a nicotine habit in any form, it's time to have a pediatrician or a therapist talk to them. 
the Center for Disease Control has a national tobacco quit line. Did you hear me? The Center for Disease Control has a hotline for this. The number is 800-784-8669. 800-784-8669. So that wraps up Culture Shock. And it brings an end to our program today. We've uh, gone over quite a bit of stuff today, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we have. Hopefully it's been valued to you as a parent, as a young teenager. Again, we, we just want to keep walking and becoming more and more like Jesus every day. That's why we talk about these issues. And mm-hmm. sometimes we make ourselves feel guilty and we feel like we stepped on our own toes. And so if you feel that way, that's not our intent. We love you. We want you to be better, yeah. right? That's the whole purpose. Be a better parent. Be a better son or daughter. Yeah. Plain and simple. Also, if you want to join the Facebook group, you go to shine.fm and then under that tab is the kitchen table group. And it's kind of a closed group just so we can keep things private. Give us faith questions. Give us music. We want new music. Culture shock. Just give us ideas. It'd be great. We'll keep on the conversation there. Have a lot of fun. Thanks for joining with us this week. We certainly do appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Peace out. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table on the Shine.fm podcast network from Olivet Nazarene University. Be sure to subscribe for more content delivered each week on faith, music, and culture.